Welcome back to another episode of Northeastern Next. On today's episode, we have Mike Baudet, an Emmy Award-winning investigative reporter and professor of journalism here at Northeastern. We'll discuss his upcoming Dialogues of Civilizations trip, his plans for his newly acquired grant, and some of his favorite stories from his career. Let's get into it. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Northeastern Next. I'm here with Professor Mike Baudet. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been it's a real honor to have you. You know, we'll get it, of course, into the meats and potatoes of it in a bit. But you're an incredibly accomplished professor, and I'm I'd love to hear about your Northeastern experience. To start that off, do you mind just giving us a little bit of background on yourself and who is Professor Mike Baudet? Sure. So, well, I've been a working journalist for. 30, 30 years or so. It's hard to believe the decades are are <laughs> flying by. But I, I went to school in Boston at Emerson, got my undergrad there and studied broadcast journalism, <laughs> worked in radio for a little bit at the Massachusetts State House, but I knew I wanted TV. And then ultimately I worked in Brockton, Mass. They had a cable news operation there. But I was eventually like a lot of people who get into the TV news biz trying to get into a network affiliate. And so I sort of got my first break in TV up in Bangor, Maine, working for the NBC station up there as a general assignment reporter and moved up there. And it was an awesome experience, actually. It was a lot of young people who were out of college, fresh out of college, maybe on their first or second jobs and and, and learning the craft of broadcast journalism. And so we had a lot of fun, got to be in a place where you could make mistakes and not have the entire world seeing it. And then as we do in the journalism world, we're, we're looking to move to the next market. And so then I moved from Bangor to Manchester, New Hampshire. I worked for the ABC station there for a couple of years, doing general assignment again, and also doing some anchoring. And then I came to Boston to Fox 25 and worked there for almost 20 years. I was working there as a general assignment reporter, then I was an investigative reporter, and then I also was anchoring there as well. So sort of moved around, but in the middle of all that process, I, I went back to grad school at Northeastern, knew that I wanted to get my master's, knew that I wanted to ultimately teach, and then sort of the stars aligned and there was an opportunity for a position at Northeastern. I had been teaching part-time at Northeastern, part-time at Emerson also, and then this opportunity opened and it timed out with me sort of moving to Channel 5, the ABC station here in Boston, working part-time there, and then also being able to teach. So I just feel like I really get the get the best of both worlds in still having my foot in the industry, in the business, and I still produce journalism, but I also get to hopefully shape the, the next generation of journalists. That's really cool. And I think that that's a really incredible way to put it, is that you're getting the best of both worlds where you can still really become, be a journalist, like you said, but at the same time, you're helping shape the future of journalism. Mm. And I guess I really want to take a dig a little deeper into the Northeastern aspect of everything. So I guess my first question for you that you've sort of touched on a little bit is, sounds like you have a lot of experience in the field across a couple different mediums all across New England. And just after a couple decades, like you mentioned, what made you want to go back and get a master's degree? And what specifically about Northeastern's master's program really enticed you? Sure. So, well, I had looked at Northeastern actually as an undergrad and it was down to Northeastern and Emerson at that point. And so I always was fond of Northeastern and the location and that it's such a, you know, it's a 
big school, but still has that small feel. And, you know, the campus, I just feel, even though it's in the middle of the city, has that campus feel. So I always was fond of Northeastern. And then the opportunity came where I was sort of mid-career in the journalism world and just thinking about the future, right? And what I was going to do. And and so teaching appealed to me. I always enjoyed having interns and sort of taking young people under my wing and trying to, you know, help them sort of survive and thrive in the in the business, so to speak. And so that became a goal of mine to go back and get a master's. And so I picked Northeastern. I actually had a colleague who I was working with in TV who was in the master's program at Northeastern and had told me about this program. And it just really seemed like a, a really perfect fit for me to be able to continue studying journalism, but also expand out and take classes in criminal justice and political science with Governor Dukakis. That was a highlight oh, cool. of my master's experience. And and so it really, it just was a, a wonderful place to be able to continue my studies and to, to get the master's, which I knew if I wanted to teach long-term and go beyond just the part-time gigs that I would need to get my master's. So that was that was my focus. That's really cool. And you kind of also touched on that in your answer, but one thing that we love to talk about here at Northeastern, and one thing that we emphasize here at Northeastern especially, is the community. And it seems like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like that was a big part of your master's program. And going even going back to your colleague who was in the master's program here at Northeastern. So you mentioned earlier that the stars aligned and that's how you began teaching at Northeastern. And is that, is there a little more to it or was it really just the stars aligning? Well, I think it's, I mean, it's always working hard, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, timing, I feel like you know, timing is everything in life. You know, sometimes timing works out perfectly. Sometimes it doesn't, but it's not going to work out for you if you're not always really working hard. So mm-hmm. it was it was a little more than the stars aligning, but I think the opportunity presented itself and it, it worked out that I had some of the skills that Northeastern was looking for. The journalism program, you know, traditionally had been really print focused. And so I think they were looking to expand on the on the video side on the broadcast side especially as journalism has evolved and so we we basically tell all of our students that you can't just pick one you have to be sort of nimble and able to do it all and so that worked out and then at the time uh Walter Robinson was teaching investigative reporting here I had had him as a professor when I was getting my masters which was just incredible to to have him as a teacher and to just work with him. We actually worked on a story that we we published in the Globe and that was also on TV. But he was leaving. He had been here for a while, but he was leaving. So it worked out that, you know, he was leaving. They wanted someone who taught investigative, but they also valued someone who was on the broadcast side. And so the timing on that all worked out. And it was just a real, you know, amazing opportunity. It's it's been unbelievable, like more than I could have ever imagined. Just the the things that I've gotten to do since I've been here, it just has just opened up a whole new world. And I think sort of elevated, you know, elevated my teaching, elevated my journalism and just been a terrific experience. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really great to hear. Northeastern really, I mean, I, I can't speak for it because I honestly did not go to undergrad here, but mm. everybody who I've talked to that is a part of the Northeastern community loves it and loves 
the experiences that it provides. And honestly, like you said, the opportunities it gives, because, you know, to go back what you were saying earlier about, it's not just the stars aligning, you know, I think that's a good sentiment to have that the stars can align, but you have to get there somehow. It's like sort of creating your own luck. And I think Northeastern is a great place where they really instill that into you. But I'd love, we talked a little bit about your Northeastern experience as a student. I'd love to take a deeper dive into your Northeastern experience now as a professor. I remember you mentioned that Northeastern, when you first started here, was more print-based and you were kind of pivoting it a little more towards the investigative side and more towards a video aspect. Can you tell us a little bit about the investigative journalism classes that you're teaching? Sure. So I teach a seminar in investigative reporting. It's called that on the graduate side and then on the undergraduate side, advanced reporting, investigative reporting. And so we really operate that class like a newsroom where students are pitching stories, working on stories, reporting on stories, all with the intent of getting them published. And in in this case, our partner is WCVB TV, the ABC station here in Boston. So the students are working on stories and doing everything from coming up with the ideas to filing the public records request to getting the data and analyzing the data to going out and doing interviews to shooting video. I mean, you name it, just anything under the sun, depending on the story that we're doing. And since I've been teaching the class since 2015, we've had well over a dozen stories that have aired on television. Wow. You know, really stories that I'm proud of, things that have helped expose issues and problems. And so that's been that's been a lot of fun. And then as part of that class, the students all file public records requests. So that's that's a, a skill that I think is really an important one for journalists, all journalists, even if you're not an investigative journalist, but it just allows you to get records that are sitting there that are considered public and that often will shed light on all sorts of different issues, whether it's people's emails and some of the conversations that our elected officials are having or their text messages, or it's documents that that shed light on sort of how policymakers are approaching different things. So all of the students have to come up with pitches and submit public records requests and get those records and write a story around that and maybe produce a video or produce a podcast around that. So we really try to give them opportunities to both produce their own journalism, but then also to produce journalism that's getting seen by a wider audience on WCVB TV. So that's that's a great class. I mean, it's a smaller sized class, which I like. So you really get to just get really close with the students and talk about the issues that they're having and help them navigate the world of investigative journalism, because it's not always... It's not always simple to do those stories. I think that's the one takeaway people have is that investigative reporting is hard. And so, you know, the stories don't just fall into your lap. So it's fun to help them navigate the ups and downs and the challenges. And then when you get it, when it comes together and you get that really interesting, enlightening story, it's so rewarding, I think, for, for them as students, but also for me as their professor. That's incredible. I feel like everything you just said there really embodies the Northeastern sentiment of experiential learning. And I think that is, and I'm sorry if I missed this, but are these undergraduate or graduate courses? It's both. So it ends up being a combined course of undergrads and graduates, which is, 
which is great. And and we even get students, we get a lot of journal, journalism students, but sometimes we get students from other disciplines as well, hmm. whether it's computer science, business, criminal justice, those types of things. And so I think they bring a unique perspective too that's helpful to the conversation and to the reporting. Yeah, I agree with that. That's really interesting to think about because I'm just even I'm thinking back to my undergraduate days and that was not common at all. So like the perspective a first year student's going to have on a story is probably going to be a little bit different than the first year in a master's program. Right. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Just to pivot the conversation a little bit, I would love to hear about this upcoming Dialogue of Civilization video storytelling program that you're hosting and it's in Peru, correct? Yes, we're going to Peru in July for a month, which is is really exciting. I'm partnering with Monica Canavan, who is from Peru. She's a professor who teaches Spanish here at Northeastern, and she's done Spanish immersion dialogues to Peru for years. And this year, she reached out to me about partnering with journalism. And so I'm I'm really excited. I've, I've done dialogues with one of my colleagues here in the School of Journalism, Carlene Hempel, for probably five years or so. And we've gone to Greece and Panama and Cuba and done all sorts of incredible reporting. And part of what we do the students are producing content, but then we're also producing a, an episode of Chronicle that's going to air on WCVB TV. So we're producing a half hour news magazine show. And so this year's dialogue is slightly different in that it's focused more on video storytelling and more on producing the Chronicle segments, whereas in the past... We've had print journalists and, and different types of journalists, so it hasn't been fully video focused. So I'm excited to just really get to delve into video with everyone. And so we'll be there for a month. And uh, Professor Canavan has done this trip and knows where to go and what to see, everything from Lima to Machu Picchu, one of the wonders of the world. And mm -hmm. so I just think it's going to be so, so much rich content to cover. So, so many visuals, so many incredible stories to tell. So that we just finalized our, our list of students who are going and everyone's just super pumped to get out there. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I bet there's a plethora of stories to tell stories mm -hmm. that we wouldn't necessarily come across in Boston, obviously. Yeah. But. No, and I think that's what's I think that's what makes the dialogues. I mean, that program to me is just such a huge opportunity for the students. But to go there as student journalists, so we're not just visiting, we're not just learning, we're we're meeting people, we're finding stories, we're finding sources, we're we're dealing with the the language barrier, mm -hmm. we're using translators. Some of our students do speak Spanish, which will be super helpful, but some of them don't, and I don't speak it either. So <laughs> we use translators and it's just it's just an amazing experience. And you just you see the country through these dialogues in a completely different way than you would if you were just going there as a tourist. And you really make that that local connection, that people connection. And I think you sort of see how people we all have the same connections, you know, right. doesn't matter where we're from, whether it's Boston or Peru or China, right? We all have right. the human connections. And so I think that's what the program really highlights. Yeah, I was I was going to say just this seems like a very, I know you used the word immerse earlier, and I don't want to take your word, but like, I can't think of a better word to describe it. And I think it is really cool that it's going to teach people, at least in my opinion, you know, it's really going to humanize everything. It's going to, it's like you said, it's going to separate a tourist from a human, I guess, if that's yeah. one way to put it. Um, no, I think that's true. So I, that sounds incredible. So 
you know, that's very exciting. I'm glad that the list of students has been finalized because I'm glad I'm not going to ask when, if, if there's a deadline or anything, because I'm sure there's some people who would jump at this opportunity. I know I would if I yeah. was in that position. But again, just to sort of go back to your teaching, it's my understanding that you've received a grant recently. Do you mind telling us a little bit about the grant and what it stands for and what your plans are for it? Sure. So this, this I would say, is sort of my passion project in general since I've come to Northeastern. And I talked earlier just about opportunities that have presented themselves that I never imagined would present themselves so the grant we received earlier last year, it's the the latest in a series of grants, but it's sort of our largest and most ambitious. It's over a million dollars from the Stanton Foundation. And Frank Stanton is the former president of CBS. And one of the things that the Stanton Foundation is concerned about is the state of our democracy. And they're really interested in strengthening democracy. And, and obviously that's that's quite timely right now as we're seeing such a divided country. And so part of what we're doing, it's called the Reinventing Local TV News Project. And this latest phase, we're, we're looking at how local television stations produce content and whether they're reaching younger audiences where they should be. And so we have three fellows that are working in Chicago, Boston, and New York for a year. These are grant-funded positions and they're streaming content producers. So these are people who report, shoot, write, edit, but everything that they're producing is focused on digital platforms as, as opposed to traditional TV. And it's also aimed at younger audiences and trying to attract younger audiences. And so really what the project is about is trying to figure out how do we reach younger people? Because television stations have this infrastructure in place where they've got incredible staffs, they've got reporters, They've got videographers, they've got editors, they've got technical crews, they've got all this, but they're really mostly focused on the product that's going out over the air, even though younger people are cutting the cord and not really sitting down in front of televisions and watching newscasts. So we're really looking at the future of the industry and where it's going. And we see this as an opportunity to experiment and try to help the industry figure out ways to connect with those audiences and find those audiences and so the fellows will be in the stations for a year. They're already producing some really interesting stories. We're measuring how those stories perform and we'll continue to do that. And ultimately we'll produce reports and papers and videos and all sorts of training materials for the industry. It's a real industry focused project and, and trying to help people hopefully replicate this position, see the value in it, realize that it's a way to reach younger audiences and then give them the tools to replicate it in their own newsroom. So it's the latest sort of phase of our research. It started back in 2017, but it's always been working with local TV and it's gotten a tremendous response from the industry in terms of the interest, like the industry is participating in it, which is awesome, but they're also really hungry for the information because I think everyone's trying to figure out as that traditional audience that sits in front of the TV gets older and older and older, and the younger people aren't necessarily sitting in front of TVs to watch news. Like, where do we pivot? And so that's really what this is 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 about. And hopefully trying to give advice and sort of actionable items to the industry so that they can be providing information. And, and again, bringing it back to democracy, the idea is like we want to produce this content that's interesting, relevant, informative, and get it 
to younger people so that they're informed citizens who can go out there and vote and care about what's going on in their communities. Mm-hmm. And the end result of that is hopefully our democracy is strengthened. So that's wow. that's the project in a nutshell. I know I threw a lot out there, but I'm, no. I'm really excited uh, about it. That, yeah, that sounds incredibly exciting. Wow. Not only are you, you know, it sounds like you're not only going to be making an impact internally, but the results of those impact can also make an external impact. And by external, I guess I mean just the audience or the general population. And that's really cool. And I think what's really cool about it too, is I'm a little bit of a civics nerd and it really, what the first thing when you started describing this to me was um, somebody just told me a phrase the other day about local government, local news, where it's think globally, but act locally. And it really sounds like this project is going to encapsulate that. So congratulations on that. That sounds absolutely incredible. Thanks. Yeah. And I think one of the parts also that I didn't mention that's really important is that we have a student research team that's involved with all this, right? So we're cool. we're not only like placing fellows into newsrooms for a year, but we have student researchers working here at Northeastern. I also have a class that I'm teaching this semester called Untold Stories in News Deserts, because one, one sort of aspect of the research is trying to find those stories that aren't getting told. Mm-hmm. And so our Northeastern students are working to find those stories in the different markets, help the fellows produce those stories in their market. So it's really, it sort of combines everything from the Northeastern students giving undergrads and grad students this research opportunity, but also giving them an opportunity to work with the industry that hopefully some of them are ultimately going to work in in the future. That's very cool. Wow. I wish you the best of luck with that because I think you have an opportunity and the students have an opportunity to really make a true impact. And that's really awesome. And then this is also just a little bit more curiosity on my end. And I know you just mentioned that this is your passion project, but you know, I don't get this opportunity to meet journalists very often. So I would love to just hear if you can disclose if there is any story in your career that you would consider your favorite. I know it's tough. It's tough to pick one when you've done so many stories over the years. And people ask me that all the time, right? Like what, mm-hmm. what story? And I think like earlier in my career, you know, there were funny stories, right? There was the there was the guy that we exposed who was running marathons down at Disney in Florida while he was out on disability from his state job here in Massachusetts. <laughs> and actually what what made that story was that when you run a marathon in Disney, they take pictures along the whole way. Mm. And so those pictures are accessible online. And so as many stories start with a tip, we had gotten a tip that basically linked us to all his pictures. So, and what was sort of amusing about that story is that when we went to talk to him about this particular thing where he was supposedly too disabled to work and we tried to get some answers out of him. He took off like running as fast as he possibly could. So that was a memorable story. I don't know that it was the most impactful. He was ultimately charged with defrauding the state. So there was some action out of that, but it was certainly, it was memorable. But I think, you know, more recently, I've really been sort of satisfied with the with the story. And I mean, satisfied in a good way, like sort of like journalistically satisfied with some of the stories we produced in my investigative class. And there was one you know, during the pandemic, we started it before the pandemic. So this was the class that was just a unique time to be teaching for anyone who was either teaching or going to to school. I mean, it was a sort of a shared, unique experience for the world. Right. But, you know, when that we had been working in my investigative class on a story and I had a really I had a small, tight knit group. It was only five students in the class that year and I which was 
unusual but also really fun and it was just a it was a it was a good group and we had started looking into pedestrian safety in boston hmm. because there had been an incident uh, in the seaport a few months earlier in 2019 where there was a, a couple a young couple that was walking in the seaport and you know they got the the walk signal to go but at the same time the truck had the green light to turn and the truck hit the couple and unfortunately the woman was killed and so it got a fair amount of attention when it happened, but it felt like a story that needed a deeper dive because mm -hmm. why are there crosswalks in Boston telling people to walk at the same time that they're telling people to turn? And in that particular case in the seaport, the people in that area had complained about it and it was documented. And so we started looking into this issue and discovered there were lots of complaints about these types of situations all over the city, including right around our campus here at Northeastern, the students ended up finding a woman who was hit by a police cruiser, actually. Oh, wow. And fortunately, she was injured, but, you know, she was able to recover. But that had happened just over on Ruggles Street. And so we were able to talk to her as part of the story. So it was this story. It just all the elements came together and we were reporting and reporting and reporting. And then all of a sudden the pandemic happened where all of a sudden the shutdown had occurred. But we had done so much gathering that we were able to just take all this content and really work on putting it together and going through the records and getting interviews. And it turned out we didn't put it on TV until that fall because obviously the city was shut down and it seemed a little, I guess, inappropriate to talk about pedestrian safety when there were no pedestrians on the streets. <laughs> but as the city started opening up, we put it together. And and when I look back at that story, I think it, it really turned out well. And it was one of those stories that was part of a composite uh, that I ended up submitting as a New England Emmy. And we won that for wow. uh, best reporter for New England Emmys. Uh, so that was part of it. And it was just, so that was just really satisfying to see like the students dig and dig and dig on an issue that was important and that we were able to talk to people about it and explain it. And it it's still, I, I feel like you see it all the time since you do a story on it. Now you see, you'll notice it too when you're in Boston. You see those walk signs, mm -hmm. you'll see the green light and it, everything's fine if everyone's going in the same direction but it's when the cars turn and then there there will be a sign that says yield to pedestrians but people driving that aren't familiar with the city or aren't paying attention may not do that so it's one of those situations that the city keeps adding more and more of these when we did the story there were about 300 of these intersections across the city and they say oh it helps keep traffic moving but at what price you know yeah, right so yeah so that was a story that i i think I enjoyed and probably a more recent one. And I'm sure there's others that I'm <laughs> forgetting about, but it's always it's always fun to to just find a story, to dig on it and to, you know, hopefully make an impact. Definitely. And it sounds like you did, especially well, the first one too, you know. Um, but the second one absolutely sounds like you made an impact, especially at a local level, because that is something that in my head I have complained about before. Yeah. So it's that's awesome that you were able to really, like you said, just dig at it and you were be, you were able to win an Emmy out of it. That's great. That's great for you. That's great for the students. That's awesome. And I think you really embody the Northeastern educational experience. So yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. And of course, I know you have a lot going on right now with Peru and the grant and everything, but since this is Northeastern Next, I always have to ask, what is next for you? Wow. Well, I would say right now, this grant is my next, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a three-year grant. We're planning uh, a number of classes tied to it, 
including experimental video storytelling. We're bringing a national conference to campus next year. So we're doing a lot of planning for that, where we're going to bring video innovators to campus. And, and 2025 will be a year where we're publishing a lot of our findings. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, in terms of like my focus as a professor, I think that's really where I'm focused. And I really, you know, if I can make, you know, even a small impact on the industry with my students' help, I think that that's, that's super rewarding. You know, short term, obviously, Peru is coming up. So that's exciting. And again, sort of combines both my worlds with Northeastern and then being able to actually put our storytelling on WCVB. So that's exciting. And, and you know, I want to continue to do these trips because I just think it's a, you know, it's an awesome experience for the students, but it's also an incredible experience for me. And so I just, the connections you make and the the bonds you make with the students and the the people you're meeting. So that's uh that's keeping me busy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. But hey, thank you so much. I know like you said you're a busy guy, so thanks for taking some time today to speak with me. It really means a lot and I know that I have very good section of this fan base that is this episode will absolutely resonate with them. So thank you again, Mike. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, thanks for having me anytime. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Northeastern Next. Are you or do you know a Northeastern alum with a great story to tell? If so, email us at alumni at northeastern.edu to be featured on a future episode of the pod. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll see you the week after next.